Welcome to the Well-Bred Rapids Message of the Week. We hope you are encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Max Johnson. Morning. Hey. We're going to do some uh, prophetic ministry this morning. I love this stuff because um, it... Prophetic ministry is kind of like one of those um, long-term investments. You don't really know what you got until sometimes years go by, decades. But I'm, the longer I walk with the Lord, more and more I'm convinced the value of this kind of ministry and the things that it opens up, the things that... I was just talking to somebody um, last week. Rachel, um, Pastor Rachel, who leads the worship here, who's in Florida. Hi to them if they're online watching. Love you guys. Pastor Matthew and Rachel are enjoying, what's that? Yes, yes. Well, you will. I will not. Can you feel the jealousy? Um, she was sharing, I think it was Rachel, was sharing about, she got a prophetic word like seven years ago that suddenly popped into her remembrance. And uh, it was right in line with something that their family was going through. And um, anyways, you don't know. Like you got little treasures you're dragging along, you completely forget about. And then Holy Spirit is perfect to remind us and bring some comfort and strength and peace. So I'm gonna share a little bit about uh, my revelation or my understanding of prophetic ministry um, and then there's some people that have been inv- you know, asked to come up, so I'll give you the call up, and then we'll kind of cut loose and see what God does this morning. But I was reading this morning about the priestly garments, and it's actually where I wanted to start. In the Old Covenant, part of the directions that uh, Moses was given by God was for priestly garments, the clothes that the priests and the high priest would wear whenever they were to go into the temple and uh, meet with God or offer sacrifices or do, do the priestly ministry. And part of what these priests were um, given to wear was they would wear a white linen undergarment, like a robe. Some, the pictures all look like it goes down to their ankle, but the Bible says it went to their knees. So I don't know which one. I think the Bible's right. Or I don't, or I don't get it. Over top of it was this blue garment called... An, I think it was called an ephod, and it was like a, a robe over a robe that had a head hole that was all stitched on the collar so it wouldn't tear. And then down on the bottom of this blue robe, they um, made pomegranates. I think they were gold. I'm going to read it to you. It's Exodus 39. I didn't give these guys any of this, so I'll read slow. Exodus 39, verse 20, verse something. I didn't write it down right. He made the robe of the ephod of woven work, all of blue, and there was an opening in the middle of the robe, like the opening in a coat of mail, with a woven binding all around the opening so that it would not tear. They made on the hem of the robe pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet, and of fine woven linen. And they made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates and the hem of the robe all around between pomegranates. A bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate all around the hem of the robe to minister in as the Lord had commanded them. 
So blue robe, linen, pomegranates, all different colors, and then golden symbols. Pomegranate, symbol, pomegranate, symbol, pomegranate, symbol, right? I'm pretty sure I stole this. I don't think this came from me. But 1 Corinthians says, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And I believe what Paul is referring to is someone that can minister in the gifts of God. He references tongues, prophecy, uh, revelation, a gift of faith that moves mountains, a gift of generosity, which is listed in Romans as an actual gift of the Spirit, is generosity, which I think is very cool. That if we're operating with just the gifts, we're like a clanging symbol. We're like a priestly garment that has only golden symbols and no fruit. So if you take the fruit away from their priestly garment, right? Do you guys get the picture? Two people are nodding. If you get rid of the fruit of the Spirit, which Ephesians, the Bible says it, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, mercy, and self-control are the fruits of the Spirit. Now, Jesus actually commanded us as his disciples to judge things. The whole idea that Christians don't judge is not accurate. We don't condemn, but we do discern. We do separate right from wrong. We separate what is holy from what is unholy. We separate what is clean from what is unclean. And Jesus said, commands us to judge a tree by the fruit. The fruit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, mercy, and self-control. This matters because as we grow in an anointing as a family, as a community, as the body of Christ, as we grow in our giftings and our callings, I feel like it's important to say to us and everybody watching that you are not called to follow gifting. I think it's one of the main errors the body of Christ has made is we watch somebody and it happens a lot. Unfortunately, recently as a body, we've started to hear stories that are coming out after the fact, and I don't really want to talk about it, but it's possible to actually be gifted beyond your character, and it's dangerous, and I feel like as a father, I want to say to a community of people, follow, don't follow gifting, and don't just follow fruit. They need to go together. You need gifting and fruit, and gifting and fruit, and gifting and fruit. One is not more important. And we've got whole camps in the body of Christ that say character and being kind and holding doors and, you know, being nice. That is what it means to be like Christ. And that's true. Being kind is being like Christ. And there's a whole other part that says, well, if you can't heal the sick and raise the dead, are you even saved? And I want to see the body of Christ just mash those revelations together and say it's both for everybody. Okay? Pursue love, 1 Corinthians says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Other translations say earnestly desire, and it could be translated lustfully covet. You guys don't get that yet. 
lustfully covet. The Bible says don't covet. Don't covet your neighbor's stuff unless it's a gift of the Spirit. (laughs) Then you're commanded to covet it because I know that the same God that gave it to them like when he gives it to you, he didn't run out and there isn't, an, it's not like when he gives it to you, there isn't enough for me. And it's actually not yours, it's him. <laughs> ah, <laughs> It's him. I'm coveting the spirit of God resting on someone. When I see people get up and, you know, I don't, I don't even, I'm kind of over the, the stardom Christian thing, but there are people moving in really awesome gifts of power and I want all of them. And if they come to our region, I want to go where they are and get some hands laid on me, and I think that's legal. I'm all for it. Earnestly desire prophecy, and do not forget to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Corinthians also says, you all can prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Okay, I got one more verse and then I'm just going to talk and then I'll call you guys up. Ephesians 4 says this, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. It says that prophecy edifies, exhorts, and comforts men. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Grace is not just that God forgives you and lets you go to heaven someday. Grace in the new covenant is the power of God. It's the dunamis. It's the charis, the charisma. And there's something that happens when you release a word of the Lord over someone. It actually imparts grace to them. And what happens is it allows them to do and become something that they could have never done and could have never become before you imparted the grace to them. And so the point of prophecy is that it exhorts, edifies, and comforts. Exhort means to, I I think of it as it pushes you into a greater realm. It pushes you into the stuff that scares you. It, It exhorts is like, what's that song we've been singing? Come on, soul, you've got a lion inside, you know? I mean, you're prophesying over yourself. Roar! (laughs) It exhorts, it edifies, which means to strengthen, to, to build up, to fortify. It actually puts a strength to you that you didn't have before, and it comforts us. And so I wanted to tell a couple stories, a couple testimonies, instead of talking about I kind of want to just testify. Because a lot of this is how I learned from the Lord is to see what he's done before. And it gives me a picture of what he wants to do today. So we were just married. We'd never heard from what we is my wife up here, Thea, who is beautiful and amazing. And we were kind of getting into this stuff and we were hanging out with a friend. Now my wife, can I share about you personally a little bit? 
be weird at this point if you said no, but. How do I want to say it? She's um, amazing. And for her, it's been a journey of learning to connect with the Father heart of God. It's been a process, like it is for everybody, for me too. It's not just her, everybody. That's, I feel like that's probably the journey we're all on is, who are you, Dad? And uh, so we're hanging out with this group of friends and we're learning about prophecy and doing whatever you do when you're trying to step out. And this guy that we know, we're walking across the parking lot and he goes, hey, Thea and Max, I saw a picture over you. Can I share it with you? And did he know you were an ice skater? So my wife was a figure skater. She's really good, still is good. One of our first dates, we raced ice skating and she beat me going backwards on one foot. (laughs) And I was like trying my hardest. This is super embarrassing. So she was a figure skater growing up. So this guy says, this guy, so all you guys, you don't have to impress them. You just have to be real. They'll still marry you. <laughs> what was I talking about? The guy. He says, I see this thing, and I, yeah, go ahead. So he goes, so I see you ice skating, right? And you're, you're ice skating, but in, this, in the picture I see for you, you're looking out into the stands, like of the, uh, aud- the audience, and you're looking for your father. You're like, where's my dad? Where's my dad? And getting kind of depressed and sad because dad's not there watching her ice skate. And then he said, and then I saw it switch and you were looking and you saw Jesus and Jesus is standing in the audience watching you skate and was he clapping for you or just looking with delight or just watching. And I remember, that sounds like a simple word, in the moment, I mean, both our jaws are like, oh my God, you're real and you know us. It was just such a cool, like simple thing that he couldn't have known he didn't know but it brought an affirmation it brought a a an edification a strength to her heart a comfort that her father is there watching right it's beautiful um prophecy confirms or affirms the already revealed will of god this matters in the sense that sometimes people will tell you crazy stuff you've never thought about before And sometimes it's God, to be honest. Sometimes God will say things to you that are out there and you need to have your own relationship with the Lord, um, you know, to bring those things to him. But sometimes people will say stuff to you that's just crazy and out there. (laughs) And you need to have a relationship with God where you can be willing to say, no, that wasn't actually the Lord. It didn't actually have an inner witness. Prophecy affirms or reveals the intended will of God. We went to IHOP for our honeymoon. And uh, which is a weird, like, international house of prayer, not pancake place, but the in Kansas City. And we um, were in this meeting, and it was supposed to be a meeting where they're doing teaching. And the guy goes, We're not going to teach. Holy Spirit is here. Just, ah, and like chaos broke out in the room. And we had never been in an environment like this. And I said to Thea, I said, I just want to walk around and go look. And so I'm walking around this room, not knowing what's going on, not understanding anything. And I glance and I look at this woman sitting down and she's just sitting, staring. And I, as quick as I could, I saw in my mind's eye, like you daydream about a purple elephant in that place where you see the purple elephant, I see a bunch of children running to her and a banner floating over her head that says, let the little children come to me. And I go, that's weird. And so I walk over and I say, hey, can I share this thing with you? 
Yes. I told her what I saw. She's probably in her mid, late 60s. And she says, that is so weird. I am here. I'm a school teacher. And I came here this week because I'm thinking about retiring, but I'm not sure if I should. And I'm asking the Lord if I should keep teaching or not. And she goes, what do you call that? And I said, I don't know. I've never done this before. (laughs) I have no idea. And then I walked away weird, like, see ya. (laughs) Um, It also creates the future, prophecy does. Barbara Yoder came and what's the other guy's name? Bob Hazlitt. And a bunch of other people, I've done it. People in the house have prayed for this couple, but the Groths tried to get pregnant for three or four years, I think. And uh, Bob Hazlitt and Barbara Yoder came in and without communicating, you know, this is a dream desire of their heart, they separately both called the Groths out and said something along the lines of, you're gonna have a baby, have fun with that, you know. And they ended up getting pregnant after years of trying and trying and trying. And uh, so the, the, the gift of prophecy, the anointing, it actually creates new opportunities. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. And uh, so I love it. I love this stuff. I have, I would encourage you guys, I always get my phone out. I have a voice memo thing on my phone. And when this stuff starts to open up, I get it out because you never know if you or your friends might get a word. And I love recording my friends' words and uh, texting it to them. So if you've been invited to come prophesy, why don't you come on up right now? And um, we're going to go for it. We can come up here. We'll take over the stage. feel that there were more. Okay. Want to start us off? Hey. So, um, I took notes because I, I got these downloads during worship, and um, there was a uh, gentleman that came up with like vans with black and white, like Yeah, that was you. Okay, so um, is it Mac? Hi, Mac. I'm Lori. Um, So while you were standing there, I was asking the Lord um, if he had something he wanted to encourage you with. And suddenly I was like transported to Jurassic Park and I saw raptors um, like hunting in a pack, kind of like coming after you and sneaking up behind you and I had a sense that um, the interpretation for that was like sometime in your past you were really bullied and um, it affected like how you see yourself, may still affect how you see yourself now, Um, but the Lord wants you to know that your true identity is really like Captain America. Like you're, you got like a very upright, righteous heart. And, um, you know, Captain America's really bold. He doesn't back down from a fight. Like, all he's really got is that shield, you know? So he's got this shield of faith, but he is the first one to jump out of the plane and say, come on, we're going to take these guys on. Um, then, uh, then it kind of transformed again, and uh, I, um, 
I just heard the, the verse, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And it's like, you really have the lion, you really do have a lion, not only in your lungs, but like, you're his friend. And uh, so I just bless you with that boldness and, and declare over you, you are bold as a lion. So I only got two, so I'll try to be succinct here. And this one was actually for Apostle Kathy, who I love and adore and respect with all my heart. She is an amazing woman of God. And what I saw, Apostle Kathy, was, um, and I can't remember which Rick Joyner's book this is, because I love all of his books. Um, he's an amazing man of God. But on, in one of his books, he, he uh, writes about the believers and the leaders that stay on the lower levels of the mountain taking the flat, you know, taking the warfare, taking hit after hit, helping people to take those first steps to Jesus, discipling them, bringing them into family and protecting them. And they just, those leaders take hit after hit. And when Rick was in heaven, um, the Lord showed him just how much the Lord's heart is for those leaders who faithfully stay at those levels to do what they're called to do, to make that invitation to people to come to know Jesus and to disciple them, and to make disciples who will disciple others. Like you're a reproducer of reproducer of reproducers. And, and what I heard the Lord say and I saw was um, he's about to open that, that secret door to the express elevator and you're going to a higher place in apostolic leadership. You have been faithful. You have been so faithful, our darling Apostle Kathy. So faithful. We love you. Great. All right, first one, um, Bass Pro Shops hat. What's your name? Carson. Carson. Um, God brought you to my mind uh, yesterday, I think, and then today, because I was like, yesterday, I was like, I don't even know if he's going to be there, so, um, but he brought some things up, and then, uh, yeah, I saw you again here today, and uh, God first told me that he's proud of you, and he sees the pursuit um, that you are giving to him, the way in which you are pursuing and taking strides toward him. Um, I felt God say, uh, you're a new father, correct? No. Do you have a kid? No? You don't have a kid? Okay. Um, but I, I sense him saying that he's, he's going to pour into you um, what it looks like to lead your home. Is this your wife, girlfriend, who is it? Wife. wife? Okay. Um, but he's going to pour into you anew what it looks like to, in boldness, um, usher the spirit into your home and to take a new step in leading your wife, both loving her, but also taking that confidence to a new level in God believing that what he's imparting in you as you pursue him, that you can step forward in confidence, knowing that he has put you as the head of your home, and he intends to usher in that spirit through you and to lead through you. Um, so I just bless you with that. Um, the other one was a uh, lady sitting behind Tyler. I don't know if I know your name. Tila. Tila. Um, just a few minutes ago, I uh, just felt like God was also very proud of you. Uh, he sees the kind of strong mother you are uh, and the way that uh, you are faithfully here um, and the way that you even just pour out uh, to him. Uh, he sees your efforts. He sees um, 
Yeah, the way in which you love and care for your kids. And he's also similarly going to lead you in that as even in home and work. Um, but he's going to pour out those blessings on you to lead your home and lead your family in a powerful way. So um, the last, last thing I had, and it was kind of more or less for everybody, but through worship, through the Move Your Heart song, uh, God gave me a little bit of a word with, or through, it's from Galatians 3 or 4, um, but he says that, uh, it was Paul speaking to the church, but he said, I pour out signs and wonders on you, not because of what you do or your righteousness or anything, but because of your confidence in me. And in the same way that we pursue God and we say, like, what moves your heart? Is it a fragrance? What is it? Um, as we look to him, God's not going to just pour out miracle signs and wonders here in the well, but he wants to do that individually through each and every one of you. And it's not because of what you do. It's not because you live some kind of a righteous life, but it's purely because your eyes are fixed on him because you're looking to him saying, God, what is it? What moves your heart? What are you doing? And your focus is not on the miracle. It's not on the next step of what you're doing, but it's purely where God's heart is. And he's gonna pour out, I believe, um, again, not just here, but in the workspace, on the public eye, um, blessing upon blessing, we have a, a society that is declining significantly and we carry the power of God, and we just need to realign ourselves, not to be focused on the miracle, but to be focused on him, and that our confidence in Jesus will drive us to be able to see these wonderful things. So. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. So I was asked to come up here to release some prophetic words uh, during worship. Uh, I became a messenger of the Lord to also remind you that uh, Pastor Matthew's birthday is tomorrow. Yep. And so, since he's not here to do this himself, I, I am, uh, I'm here as, as outreach to remind you all of that. So we wish you happy birthday, Matthew. And any, uh, any offerings or gifts can be left at the office in Jesus' name. Um, so, I am up here and I'm realizing I'm super nervous and so, I don't have specifics like the first two went, so I'm gonna take my route a little bit differently. Is anyone here uh, looking for a new job or in a transition for a job? Sweet. That's awesome. So during, during the, um, one, of the, one of the songs was about laying your life down and, and laying down sacrifice, and I just wanna encourage each of you that I see that as you're doing your job pursuit, that you'll, you'll recognize the connection you have with God and laying down the, I call it like a rat race feeling where you're, you're scurrying to the end, but you'll actually recognize his voice in the process and that you'll see his peace and his provision as you transition. And you might even recognize that as you don't apply or how, however that process looks for you that there'll be new opportunities. And I just wanna encourage you that as, as you are looking and as you are transitioning, that you, you don't need to know what it will all look like, you just need to know that he is enough and that in you trusting him, you'll gain more than just a new career, but you'll gain a more intimate relationship with him. So that was good. Also is, um, yeah, when, when Max asked me, the, the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, sex, marriage, and babies. So I can't get off of that. So I'll just throw out a general so I don't make anyone more nervous than I am. But um, 
and my wife's not here, so I don't have to watch her blush. She can watch it later. But um, you can watch it together. <laughs> hey, honey, I want to show you something really cool. So, uh, yeah, I was I was gonna specify what I believe God's best for uh, sex is 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 uh, between a man and a woman in a covenant marriage relationship, in Jesus' name. But, um, so if there is anyone, and also if anyone online, if this resonates with you, but I just really do believe that God is restoring relationships, he's restoring marriages, he's restoring sex, and he's, he's making us fruitful to multiply in Jesus' name. And if there are any, uh, if there's any hindrances, any, uh, like I felt like even disease or any past trauma, if there's any trust issues or there's anything that makes that connection difficult, whether it is just even sharing your feelings for, for men and for women or, or, or what that all looks like. But I do believe that God is going to restore. He's going to bring peace. He's going to be bold in those moments to encourage you to open up. And I really do see that um, I, we don't need like a wave of children. You could probably take your time if you need to, but I, I, I do see that he is, he's, he's making a way where there wasn't one. Whether you thought there wasn't a way or, or your spouse or, or the person you're pursuing, whatever that looks like, I really do think that there's hope. And I, I am prophesying into your lives that you will see the goodness of God that you will see uh, dry bones awaken, that you will see um, all the promises fulfilled, and that there will be hope, peace, love, and joy in that process. And I just want to encourage everyone to stay with it, uh, that you will, I just still believe that you will see, see fruitfulness come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm actually going to kind of lean into this a little bit because I've, I've been asking the Lord, how come we never see stuff like STDs get called out in words of knowledge? And uh, I have a testimony. I had a friend, uh, still have a friend, who was spending time with the Lord. She had actually had three or four um, that she got all through high school, just a really promiscuous past. And she's sitting with the Lord, communing with him, and she hears the Lord say in, in, on the inside, I'm going to heal you. And it actually, um, it really scared her. She started telling the Lord, no, you, you wouldn't do that. I'm not, you know, when you feel unworthy and the Lord talks to you in that place, it reveals it in our hearts. And so she's telling the Lord, no, 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 you can't do that. You won't do that. You shouldn't do that. And uh, the Lord did it anyways. Uh, he, against her permission, healed her. She went back to the doctor. She has medical, ver medical verification, three or four STDs healed. So I'm, I'm going to pray, and I don't want you to stand or, I, I don't feel ashamed. I don't feel, I don't, there's no shame in the body, um, but I just want to pray. So do anything you feel like you need to do to receive from the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I release that testimony over this house online, that you would heal things that are in the dark, that you would heal things that we're afraid to bring to you, that specifically you would heal STDs, that you would heal sexual trauma that you would bring full restoration to every area of our life in Jesus' name. I declare the blood of Jesus speaks a better thing of you. Amen. Um, all right, blue shirt, 
right here, arms crossed. Yes, sir, you're it. What's your name? Jeff. Jeff? Hey, Jeff. My name's Max. Uh, do you watch The Office? Okay, I turned around in worship and I saw you standing like Jim Halpert's avatar in the episode where he has, he makes a second life. Are you aware of it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Or So in one of the episodes, he makes an online version of himself and it's Philly Jim because he lives in Philadelphia. He has a guitar slung around his back and it's like Jim's dream life. And when I turned around, I saw you as Philly Jim from the show. And uh, I'm not sure what God's saying yet, so I'm going to ask questions to figure it out. Do, do you play guitar? Do you live in Philadelphia or have you? Do you have a dream job you want to pursue that you're not in? You don't have one or you're not in it? Do you do sales at all? Are you a salesman? But not right now. Do you love it? I love aspects of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jeff? Jim? Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, but Philly Jim, that's why. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go with the, the Philly Jim part of the word. I feel like what Philly Jim represented for Jim Helpert was Jim was stuck at a, not a cubicle, but he was stuck at a desk. And he was stuck there because he was found faithful to what was put in his life. He was actually pursuing a relationship and there was a, he wasn't there for the job. He was there for another purpose. He was there for Pam, who ended up being the dream of his life. And what I, what I feel like God is saying over you is that you've been found faithful in this past season. Um, you've been committed. You haven't been, you know, some people are double-minded and they're always looking for a job to the point where they never actually do good at the one they have. And uh, I feel like that's not you. The Lord is affirming that you've been found faithful. And I do believe that he's upgrading you in your life to Philly Jim. And I just prophesy over you uh, that you're going to continue to have encounters, dreams, if it's natural dreams, or I would actually lean more into daydreams of your heart, that you'd start to pay attention to them as he unlocks revelation and understanding uh, to the business call, to the uh, occupation call that he has on your life in the world. It's a, it's a marketplace ministry. I do think it's sales. I see you traveling within Michigan. Um, and I see you as like a, uh, uh, I don't know what pocket distributor means. But I see you with a, a, a briefcase of some kind of like a marketable, pro, you know, um, product. Something that would fit in a briefcase um, that you actually travel and, and uh, are you hyper relational? Are you a relational guy? You, you like everybody you meet kind of? And so I just... If I, I'm, I'm open to missing it. I'm trying to lean as hard into the word as I can because if I'm going to get it wrong, I want to get it wrong big. I don't want to <laughs> half miss it. But this feels kind of like one of those words that maybe is new on your radar. So I would invite feedback in the weeks or months to come from you. And I just want to bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you, Jeff, with revelation, with eyes to see the greatness that Jesus thinks of you. 
that there would be no limit on your income, on your salary, that you could do more and more and more for the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Is Melanie Neahoda in here? Uh, no, it's okay. I'll find her after. Um, Apostle Kathy, I saw you. Do, 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 do. Um, who's the guy that said the British are coming? The British are coming? Paul Revere. Paul Revere. Um, the Lord said you're a circuit rider, and the circuit rider season's about to open up. And I, see, I saw you like Paul Revere riding into city after city saying, the kingdom has come, the kingdom has come, the kingdom has come. And uh, you're actually going to prepare a way for people to get ready for what is coming. I see you as a foundation layer. I believe that the well and what the Lord has birthed through you here, it, I, we've gotten words of it being like a prototype, but I believe the season of you imparting not just your calling to leaders, but your calling to cities where you're going to uh, have strategic relationships are going to start to form with leaders we know, but others that we don't, or maybe some that you've heard of, where you get to ride in like the circuit rider and announce to these leaders an opportunity. It may not even be in like a Sunday service meeting. It might just be you like a consultant partnering with leaders in how to birth a, a covenant uh, glory-carrying community that is um, repeatable, that is... Um, that it replicates itself. And I, I see that, I heard the Lord say that he's opening up that season over you. So I bless it in Jesus' name. And we thank you for uh, just the strength of this community to continue on, yes. to not be, uh, that there would be no felt void or absence, but that Lord, you would fill this house with a grace, a unique grace. Hmm. Um, I see the Lord lifting the burden of, man, this is me kind of leaning harder than, it feels a little unnerving to me, but I feel like the Lord is saying he's going to unload the burden of the pastorship off of you. And you're going to feel a freedom that the, the community is cared for, that Jesus is present, that the anointing is the one that breaks every yoke, and that you can trust him with what he's given you. It's like, the Lord is saying, I remember when he gave, and he's still saying it to me over the business, that what I've given you is a blessing, it's not a burden. And I believe that there's a shift coming for you where the church is actually going to start to function like such a gift in your heart. Not that it isn't. I know, I know you receive it and you celebrate it. But the weight of it is actually, I see it coming off of your shoulders. And I see you being able to run in freedom that you haven't known yet. And so I bless that. Lord, we bless that as this house, as sons and daughters, as a, as a community that say yes to everything that Jesus has um, intended for your life to come to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Father is so faithful and uh, Holy Spirit's so amazing when he speaks to us, it's, it's life. And I feel and sense, and I, for the last two to three weeks, our, our father's heart and uh, him wanting to communicate that, his faithfulness. I've, at first I thought it was maybe a couple people, um, but I've been, seeing, I've been seeing 
many people, many people, many hearts, and, and feeling their hearts and, and, and seeing uh, what they're experiencing and encountering. And then, and then God's fart, father heart, not his fart, because that's just weird. Thank you for the levity, Father. <laughs> I needed a break from the, <laughs> from the crying. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit, yeah. And experiencing Father's heart <laughs> coming in right behind that. And I, and I feel like that that's what he wants to communicate and that's what he wants to, to give to you. So this is, this is what I saw. I saw almost like a, 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 a black sphere around, around people. And it was like you, you're feeling like you're oppressed and, and pressured and all this pressure is coming around you. And, and it's been very difficult. I mean, obviously everyone, it's been difficult for everyone, pan, pandemic, right? But, but I felt it was very specific and specific to you. And I felt like I heard, like it was like Job. Maybe there was family members or friends that have, have uh, spoken hurtful things uh, and have betrayed. And um, these things that are going on, and Godfrey, remember this last week is, it's not just for you guys. I, I, I feel like it's multiple people are asking these three things is, it's like, God, am I out of your will? It, am, is, this, is this an attack from Satan that I just need to overcome? It, am I in a transition period that I, I need to be aware of and hear your voice and, and transition? And, and here's, what, here's what your father says to us, to us. He showed me, uh, he showed me, the Israelites coming out of Egypt again. I don't know why he keeps on bringing it up, but I, I was praying and waiting on, on to see if that's what God wanted to share. And then Max started talking about Exodus and the, and the Levitical priest. We trusted him. We trusted him. You trusted him and counted him as faithful to bring you up out of Egypt, to show himself real to you and encountering Jesus and take you out of, out of that slavery, out of, out of that sin and, and death and hopelessness. And again, I, hearing hope deferred. And so this is the hope that your father has for you. He's shown himself faithful in signs and wonders and miracles and doing it in and through your heart and in and through your life, in and through your marriage, just like he did for the Israelites and bringing you out of Egypt through the Red Sea and now you find yourself in the wilderness. And it's, it's tempting. It's difficult. It's tempting to look back. Say, I don't know if I can make it. This is dry. This is hurtful. This is painful. And your father is faithful. And this is, this is what he says. It may look like you've been crying out for revival. Our bridegroom in our marriage him showing us what stands in between us and him. You've been crying out for revival. Jesus, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm desperate for you. I want a close relationship with you. And so when he answers and shows us some of those things that are standing in between us and him, it's a little bit difficult. And here's what I, I hear him doing and saying, this is what I'm doing. We wake up in the morning and just like the Israelites did, they woke up in the morning and said, yep, God's presence is still here. It's still a, a, a pillar of fire, a cloud, cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. So I won't move. But when he moves, I will move. I get up in the morning and I look for his provision, his manna. And I'll collect his provision. He is faithful. 
And, and I hear that, just that, that, that crying out, that yearning for revival, and this is what it, this is what it looks like. And this is what he's doing. I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been forced to, to face some things in me. And I'm at a place and saying, God, I'm, and, I, and I feel like all of you here. God, I am desperate, hungry, and thirsty for you. You show me these things? Yes, then remove them from my life. Remove every single thing that stands in between me and you. And I run to you, I cling to you, and I will not let go until I'm changed and transformed from the inside out. For the sake of my family, for the sake of my spouse, for the sake of my friends. I feel like that that's, that's what God's communicating and that's what he's saying. He, trust him. He is faithful and he is doing that within you, that answering your prayer for revival. Your prayer for revival. Hear his voice. See what he's doing. Trust him. The moment you wake up for that day, don't worry about tomorrow, don't worry about next week. He is faithful. That's good. Amen. That's good. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.